0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello friends and welcome to this time of prayer and scripture on this Independence Day. This is one of My favorite days of the year, and it is a a day that uh, you and I should be giving thanks to the Lord. You know, Scripture says uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this is a day all about freedom, but correctly understood, understood in the light of the Word of God, in the light of the Spirit of God, in the light of Christ, who gives us understanding about everything, including matters related to our civil government, our nation, and politics. So today we'll take a reading that illumines this topic and... First, let's put ourselves in the Lord's presence and pray together with our entire nation in thanksgiving for the true gift of liberty. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we are free in your spirit. We are free from the dominion of sin, of Satan, of death, of falsehood, of darkness. The light has come into the world. You will be my disciples, your Son said. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Lord, we live in a nation founded not on geography or ethnicity, but on truth, self-evident truth, truth about you, our creator, truth about you as the source of our human rights, truth about the right to life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for our founders. Thank you for our freedom. May we defend it vigorously each day. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's turn to the first letter of Peter. Because there in chapter 2 we find a, a key lesson starting in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him, The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So you see, friends, here, that God establishes earthly authority. It's not that because we are citizens of the kingdom of God, we have no uh, responsibility to any kingdoms of the earth. That would be an incorrect understanding of the relationship between God's kingdom and earthly kingdoms. We do have responsibility for kingdoms, Or for our citizenship here on earth. We are, as Paul says to the Philippians, we have our citizenship in heaven. And from there we await the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But meanwhile, as Paul says to the Romans, for example, and as Peter says here, we've got to honor the emperor and be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution notice notice how that's phrased it doesn't simply say be subject to every human institution because no human being is to be subject to another human being as such each person has the dignity that gives him or her freedom freedom of speech freedom of uh, uh, to 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 pursue happiness as our founder said in the declaration uh, ratified on this day Uh, freedom to pursue happiness in the way that they choose to do so. But he says, be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake. In other words, understanding that God has put into place and given a role in our lives to human authority, government authority, so that As Paul says elsewhere to Timothy, we can live peaceful lives. There has to be somebody to enforce law and order, whether it be at the border or dealing with crime in in our streets. We live peaceful lives in all godliness and devotion. In other words, that human authority is also meant to preserve our religious freedom. Obey earthly authority. Pay taxes. The New Testament tells us that more than once. Pay taxes, because again, this is a way for people to order their lives, securing one another's protection and prosperity and freedom. Be subject to the, for the Lord's sake. So there's the law of God, there's the kingdom of God, and then there's the earthly authorities. Live as people who are free. Didn't our founders understand that? Live as people who are free. They gave us a lot of freedom in the mechanisms of government. You know, the Declaration enunciates the principles on which the the nation is founded. The Constitution, which came later, the Constitution came 11, 12 years after the the Declaration. Because once our founders declared why they were separating from uh, King George of Great Britain... When our founders declared the litany of abuses of tyranny that they would not tolerate, why? Because of the laws of nature and of nature's God. Because of human rights and dignity that were being trampled, it doesn't matter how much earthly authority you might put behind a uh, transgression of, of human rights, it's still a transgression of human rights and, and uh, God's law has to prevail there. So they declare their reasons for seeking independence. But once they declared those, pre- those principles and those reasons then they had to build a mechanism of the new government they said oh we're we're no longer uh subject to this tyrant king so but now we have to figure out a way of governing ourselves and the mechanism is the constitution okay freedom was given to us in that constitution we have a lot of freedom because no individual becomes king. In no individual, in no branch of government, in no institution of government, is power concentrated. This is where, you know, Paul warns in his epistles about factions. And our founding fathers warned about factions. That there would be people in the civil arena who might uh, come up with a cause and rile up the emotions of uh, of people around a particular cause now of course people have the freedom to found movements and to uh, and to speak their mind but the idea here with factions is that a small group of people could possibly lead astray larger groups of people and again not that they don't have the right to speak and to assemble and to persuade, but that there has to be a way of protecting the rights of everybody and not letting power get concentrated in any one aspect of civil life. And that's why there are checks and balances. What the Supreme Court does, the Congress or the executive branch can have some response to. What the president does, the Congress can respond to, and so can the court. Uh, what the Congress does, the President can veto or the Court can declare unconstitutional, so you have all these checks and balances going in all directions to rein in power that becomes corrupted or that becomes too concentrated in one one 's place in one place. This is what freedom is we 're not subject to any human being. any kind of authority that other human beings have is always relative it 's relative to what it 's relative to them protecting our rights. Now, conversely, while we limit power in those who govern us, we also have to put a check on our own freedom. We don't want the check on our freedom to come from tyrants. We want the check on our freedom to come from virtue. Peter says it here perfectly. The Holy Spirit's saying it, actually. Live as free people. But don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Freedom as a cover-up for evil. In other words, saying, well, just because I'm, uh, I'm free, I, 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 can, I can do whatever I want. I can declare something evil to be good. I can kill babies by abortion because it's freedom of choice. There is nothing in our, in our nation, nothing in our world, that more embodies the danger that Peter is speaking to here, than pro-choice on abortion. Yes, live as free people. See, the other side, the pro-abortion side, they want to say we're against freedom. That's ridiculous. We're not against freedom. Neither is Peter. But Peter says, don't use your freedom as a cover-up for vice. Killing babies is vice. Killing babies is evil. You can't declare freedom... And then go ahead and do something like that. And this is something that our founders were very uh, concerned about. Remember Benjamin Franklin coming out of the coming out of uh, uh, the convening of Congress, where they 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 adopted this uh, this this new government, was asked, "So what have you given us?" And he said, "A republic, if you can keep it." George Washington, James Madison, John Adams, they declared that, look, it's not just about the mechanism of government that we've given you in these documents. It's about the virtue of the people, because if the people aren't grounded in religion and morality, what's going to keep them on track to govern themselves in a way that's going to be good for them? Good for their children, good for their freedom, good for their God-given Unalienable rights starting with life. If the government is not going to exercise tyrannical control over every decision that the people make, well, then here's the risk that the founders took. We're not going to have any kind of tyranny. You know, people pass laws, you can vote them out of office. The president vetoes Congress, you can vote the president out of office. The president appoints judges, but you can vote the senators out of office who confirm them. It, The power is ultimately in the people if they use it. But the power is going to be for the good of the people if they're wise about how they use it. So the founders took the risk. By taking the heavy hand of government off of the people, the risk they took, the gamble we should say, was that the people would be able to put an internal limit on their freedom. And that's called virtue. That we know there are certain things we can't do, like baby killing. We know there are certain things we can't do because we know the word of God. We know the law of God. The founders referred to the law of God in that declaration that they ratified today. And they said this form of government will work only for a religious and moral people. Only for a religious and moral people. Because again, the Constitution is the mechanism. The mechanism to do what? Well, whether we're moving in the right or wrong direction on on public policy depends on whether we know the difference between right and wrong. We need public servants, as I'm always saying in the context of abortion, who know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. Do not use your freedom as a cloak for vice. We have the distortion of sexual morality. Scripture is very clear about sexual morality. And if a people descends into vice, publicly advocated, pushed down the throats of others, well then here's what's going to start to happen. We go back into a new form of tyranny. We don't just see people disagreeing about sexual morality. We have immorality being shoved down our throats. And again, this shows the risk the founders took. You've got lots of freedom, but make sure you're rooted in virtue. Otherwise, if everybody is just dominated by his or her own passions, or lust, or or thirst for power, that's a new form of tyranny. Because then the strong take over the weak. Then those with a bigger mouthpiece make the rest feel like they have no rights And nothing to say nothing to do about it it's a new form of tyranny tyranny to our own passions and then when that gets out of control and law and order break down and the country no longer has a border and 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 all this chaos ensues well then government will feel justified to step in with a heavier hand than our founders gave them and that again is a devolution into tyranny. So this 4th of July celebration gives us a uh, an important charge to be vigilant, as Scripture always urges us, to make sure that our freedom doesn't deteriorate into vice or that we don't make excuses for vice based on freedom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of freedom celebrated on this day, and we do ask you to enlighten and guard the hearts of all our fellow citizens. Keep us on your path. Keep us on the path of virtue. Let us never use freedom, Lord God, as an excuse for vice, but rather let us experience the freedom of your Spirit, who writes your law on our hearts So that it is not simply some kind of external constraint, but rather that it is an inward longing to run in the way of your commands because we were made according to your word and in your commands we find love and life and fulfillment. Bless the lives of the unborn, protect them. The lives of all the vulnerable, protect them. Protect our freedom, Lord God, to proclaim you and your gospel and to worship you as you have instructed and keep our nation for many more years of celebrating and passing along to our children the gift of freedom. Let's pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends, for joining us for these reflections. We uh, pray for you each day. Spread the word about this program. and Have a wonderful Independence Day. We will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.